Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh Well Played Podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. My name is Michael Matera, and I'm here with Tisha Richmond. Today, we are going to be your Sherpas as we scale the mountain of playful PD. We're going to explore together games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. We are both experienced climbers, and we promise you that you won't get altitude sickness from following along the path that we lay out for you. So let's jack up, move out from this base camp, and start climbing up the mountain today. Tisha, great to have you back on the show. What are we even talking about today? Hi, Michael. Today we are talking about quests. So we're going to talk about how to build them, how to use them. And for those of you who don't know, quests are mini adventures that you send your students on. It's an opportunity to go above and beyond. Speaking of above and beyond, the people here at Well Played have a little opportunity for all of you listeners to go above and beyond. So we have a little quest for you. If you tweet us at hashtag wellplayedyou, and include the hashtag WPQuest, you'll be entered into winning some gamification swag. Here, here are the specific rules for you before we launch into this episode. Uh, if you tweet us at wellplayedyou, e- well you are entered into the drawing. And that's you can just do that with the one hashtag. Or if you include the hashtag WPQuest as well as hashtag wellplayedyou, with a quest idea you have done or a share out a picture of one of those students' quests with your tweet, that'll count triple to the drawing. Uh, And this is going to last for, uh, I'd say, probably till maybe June 5th, June 6th, I guess will be our cutoff. We'll say June 6th. Uh, So, well, like, let's get on with it. They've heard us sort of banter back and forth about the rules of this and a little bit of our Sherpa entry here into the climbing up this mountain. So let's talk a little bit about uh, quests. Uh, how do you use them? I love quests and I find that I have certain students especially that really gravitate towards wanting to wanting to go on quests in each unit. And so the what The way that I do it is in each unit that I have, I build quests based on the essential questions from that unit. And so typically, let's say I have three essential questions that I want to cover within a unit. I'll have one side quest for each of those essential questions. And I don't give them out all at once. I space them out throughout the unit. And I share them on Google Classroom. So I will have um, a side quest that I makeup usually it's in I've done a couple different types of um, platforms for sending them out but I've done one on Canva before I've used Google Slides I've used pages and I just add it to my Google Classroom and I tell my students when I start class that day that I've launched a new side quest and I make it really exciting and I tell them that they have a certain amount of time to complete it so I always have a deadline And they can choose to do it or not do it. It's not something that's required. It's not attached to their grade at all. It's an opportunity for them to go above and beyond what we're doing in class to be able to demonstrate their understanding of the content. Yeah, I mean, that's really what I love about these side quests is it is that opportunity for them to explore on their own, above and beyond, you know, not required, uh, it's just this wonderful 
exploration into something that they're finding a little interest or want to challenge themselves. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I've had students do just some amazing, amazing quests that I would never, ever actually think of, you know, assigning to my entire sixth grade student body uh, because it would be too difficult for, you know, everybody. But that's one of the things that I've found with my quests is uh, I keep them really open-ended mm-hmm. and and more or less unstructured. Sure. Uh, you know, I really just try to point them in a direction, you know. So some of my quests can be summed up in a sentence, you know, like it'll be like, go make a map. And the students know that all of my quests have to relate to our current unit. Mm-hmm. And then the students interpret that and, and through a year's worth of gamification, understand that, you know, the the more they do, the better they do, the the, the better overall experience the quest is, both for their learning as, as well as the payout, you know, as well as what they would get in my gamified class. So students sort of bring it upon themselves, like, how can we go above and beyond on a map? Right. Like, how can we do that? And I mean, some of these kids, I mean, I had kids one year research, um, I, I just said, go make a map. And this, this girl looked on YouTube how to make the like Play-Doh, homemade Play-Doh, mm-hmm. and made the entire peninsula of Greece with like hundreds of little islands, painted it all wow. with, tooth, with toothpicks, toothpicks labeled, you know, all the major cities we had studied, uh, she made these little toothpicks with cut out paper explosions for where the battles happened. That's uh, crazy. And put, right. And like my direction was go make a map. Right. right? And that's a, that's a great example of like, I'm not going to ask the entire grade to make, you know, Play-Doh maps to perfection like she did. Sure. Well, I've but seen the- some of the creations that you've shared out on Twitter and they are absolutely mind blowing. Like I'm always completely in awe of the things that your students are creating in class. I think you even made a, I think a student even made a cake or something recently. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I love when they create food related items. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Sure you do. Yeah. No, it was cute. This, uh, I have a quest now where kids, um, I'm studying the medieval times and, uh, they, they can make a medieval recipe. So I gave them a link to this website I found that had hundreds of, you know, supposedly authentic medieval recipes. And this, I didn't think anybody would really do it. Right. <laughs> and, and this kid came in with this best described as like, it looks like an apple pie, but when you bite into it, it's totally sliced pears. So it's a, oh, wow. but it's the same sort of, you know, cinnamon cloves kind of thing. But uh, but it's pears. And then when he brought that in, then everybody else was like, well, I kind of want to do that. Right. So this week, I just want you to know I've eaten more pie this week <laughs> than I have in my entire life. And I now empathize with you right. about Welcome having multiple classes <laughs> and you can't eat it all. Right. Um, but these poor little sixth graders look at you like I made this pie. Oh, right, can... right. You should see my challenges when students bring their food. I mean, that's why that's one of the main reasons I have a judging panel because <laughs> I would be so sick because they're so excited. I mean, they really, really can't wait for you to try it. And that's so true. It gets it's, so true. gets really difficult. But I would say, too, I mean, 
I find that quests allow students to demonstrate their learning in so many different ways and really personalize their learning. And that's what I love about it too, is that it allows just for another level of creativity and it allows for choice and, you know, voice and choice in their learning. And it is very fun to see what, what students come up with when you give them that, that opportunity. Yeah. And there's a sense of ownership and pride, you know, like when they, like you were saying, I mean, when they come up to you on the judging panel, which I know that's not necessarily a quest, but it's a similar idea when they come in with that quest, they, they're just, there's a, a whole nother level of ownership and pride uh, mainly because they didn't, they didn't all have to do it. I mean, they know they're one of five people turning this in or one of, you know, 15 people turning this in. Right. Um, and that they're, they're excited about it. Absolutely. Uh, I love doing quests and, but I want to point out to some of the listeners that these, these mini ideas here, when we call them side quests, that's the, the term side quest sort of comes from the idea that it's, it's on the side. It's not, it's not a required piece of your curriculum. Um, but with that said, you could easily do quests that are required. So in in the sort of gamified class, that's the difference. A quest is what they have to go on, right? That's like Lord of the Rings. you you got to go get this thing, right? And then side quests are just additional things you can do along the way, little mini tasks or assignments. I, I often in my professional development that I run for districts mm-hmm. talk about side quests being uh, kind of the equivalent of extra credit. Sure. But but the sort of amazing thing is that they're not earning any educational points for it. They're they're just earning these game points. Right. I did something kind of different this year in my food truck race because typically my side quests are something that I incorporate in my master chef game for my culinary two class, but I haven't done as much of in my food truck race. And so I was about halfway through the semester and I created these quests to kind of solve a problem that I had because I was really wanting to connect with some local food trucks and bring them in and share what I was doing, but I didn't have time. Like I was really feeling the pressure of, oh my goodness, I have all these food trucks I want to connect with, but where is the time to do it? And so I came up with this idea one night, why don't I send my students on this adventure quest to connect with food trucks? And so I created these postcards and I put different food trucks on each one of them. And I had kind of, I created them in Canva and I just kind of had a little explanation of what I wanted the students to do or a a message to the food truck owners. And I, the students didn't have to do it. It was, it was a side quest, but I said, if you choose to go on this side quest um, and go visit the food trucks that are listed on the back of your card hand them the card, inviting them to class to either share about their food truck or to be a judge, you will get a certain amount of currency for my game, which was going to be grocery money for their next challenge. And I said, if you actually, so if they took a picture and tweeted it out, they would get that currency. But if they went even farther and that food truck owner actually contacted me and set up a time to come in. They would get bonus. And it was really, really cool. And I really, I, this is something that I had not planned out. It was totally last minute. Like I, I thought of it one night and I think two days later I actually implemented it. 
And it was awesome because it totally solved a problem for me. I was able to get students to go out and visit these food trucks. And they were actually learning more from that than if I was to go out and visit these food trucks because now they were really getting to meet face-to-face these owners and, and, and you know, c- communicate with them. And they had to really sell what we were doing too. And so they had to be able to communicate and express this whole idea of of our regional challenges so it was really cool so this is not something that you necessarily have to do right off the bat when you create your game i mean you can think of some things spur of the moment and they can be awesome yeah i mean and again you just demonstrate again how connected they were to the activity right that that's a whole other level uh that you achieved mainly because of that framework. I mean, I don't know if that would have worked as a homework assignment. And you almost can't, right? right. You can't force kids to go do that. So your your hands are tied if you tried to make it an assignment. Um, and that's kind, of the, that's kind of the exciting thing for us teachers about quests, that it sort of, you know, unhandcuffs us a little bit in terms of what we can design within our classrooms because you don't have to think about, you know, just your group of learners or what is fair or those kind of things you you can build out all sorts of quests so that you're sort of there's something in there for everyone but there are quests in there that maybe only two or three kids are going to go on but those two or three kids that go on it are going to love it exactly no it's it's really fun and i think that's too i mean it appeals to certain players in your game you know when you if you ever delve into the Bartles test and kind of determine what kind of players you have within your class dynamic, I tend to find that certain players will tend to go for the quests, you know, where others aren't. And so it's just creating this classroom environment that appeals to, to all your learners. Yeah. I mean, the quests are just, it's just a neat way to connect. Now I was going to ask you, um, when we talked about laying out quests, so for, again, for those listeners, do you have one quest you do per, you know, unit? Do you do one quest a week? Do you post six at a time? Like how, how do you handle the quests? I have a way I handle mine, but right. I'm curious how you handle yours. So for my culinary two class, um, I have one quest per essential question in the unit. So if I were to have like three essential questions in the unit, then I might have a quest for each of those. And I typically will launch them about once a week. Sometimes it may be every, you know, one and a half weeks, but my units are fairly short. So my my units are about three weeks long. So if I were to have three essential questions, I'd probably have one a week. And I typically give about a week for each. So if I launched it on Monday, I would say it's due on Friday. And I find this is another great way to implement items because I have some item cards that allow for extra days to complete side quests. So if I, for instance, if an item might say a two-day extension on a side quest, so then if it was due on Friday, then those students who had that item card could turn that in and they would have the weekend to complete it and they wouldn't have to turn it until Sunday. So it's kind of another. That's a great, that's a great one. I mean, yeah. when I talk, 
when I talk about items, that's exactly how I try to teach people to build them. Mm -hmm. That you just create a rule in your game and then you think of an item that breaks that rule. So Exactly. You having them due Friday, but oh, you can turn it in on Monday now. That's that's an awesome item. Right. Uh, I like your structure, um, you know, that you're attaching one per essential question. And I like the sort of pacing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that you have sort of a sunset on each of them. Uh, the way I do mine is each unit I launch sort of a gamified website area and that area doesn't exist until the unit starts. And once the unit starts, you know, I upload it and now kids can go there and in the like Rome unit section or whatever, they'll find a spot where I've put all the side quests and my website's trying to be thematic, right? So like they may, the opening scene to Rome might be this shot over a, you know, digital city of ancient Rome and they may click this, you know, building over here and they go in there and that might that building might have all the quests and it would really just be a link to the 10 i try to make 10 quests and there they'll be linked to 10 quests they can go do within the unit and my sunset period is that it is by the test day that they're all due nice that's awesome i like that approach too and like you were saying about how you roll those out I, you said this at the beginning of the podcast, you talked about different digital tools you use to roll those out. I, I have tried various ones, putting them up here and there. My new favorite right now is using Google Slides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I make a Google Slide for each uh, quest and then I just make a nice folder. I organize my folders by my units. So it's easy for me to you know change up a quest. Uh, but it's really nice because the Google Slides, you can import images so it can look all pretty like. And then, you know, I just put how much XP it's worth and whatnot. But the nice thing is when next year when I have to change a quest, if I want to make it more XP or less XP or change the directions, when I did it inside my web software, it meant I had to like re-upload and rechange this. Right. Now my web now my website, the link stays the same, everything's the same, but I can go in and just change that one quest super easy so if you do plan to build an elaborate sort of website anytime you have to change things on there that that can take a little longer but if this way the link stays the same just change it with inside the uh the powerpoint or not the powerpoint the google slide google slide no that's great advice i have found that that to be true too that i want to be able to change things quickly and Google Slides allows me to do that. I had been creating them in pages before, and so just a couple extra steps. I love pages for a lot of reasons. And oh, um, me too. But you know me, yes. I absolutely love pages. Right. Well, I think that you, you know, initially introduced me to them, and I drew. I do really love pages. But yes, I think for changing dates because you know you're continuously. Um, updating them that Google Slides is a great way to go. And I was going to add too is that sometimes within my quests, I don't always do this, but sometimes I've given like different levels within my quests and they can go for level one, two, or three. And I've said if you go for level three, then you get 
to choose bonus points out uh, or bonus XP out of a bowl if you go for that high nice. level. And so I think I don't do it all the time because it doesn't fit for everything, but it's something that I do for certain types of quests and it's worked really well. And it kind of gives um, students an opportunity to earn some bonus, you know, it just adds that little um, extra challenge and intrigue to be able to uh, have that, that bonus XP for the higher level. That's awesome. I mean, I really like that, you know, what you're pointing out there, that you're using this particular mechanic at a particular time. Mm -hmm. And when you use it and apply it correctly, you know, it adds a little more juice to the game. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been... Good. I, uh, for some of my quests, uh, you can take this quest model that we're talking about here and do it for side quests, like we've sort of said. Uh, but I also really love this idea of each unit, I add something called an adventure path, mm -hmm. which is just a, a little more formalized uh, side quest. But there are a few other little tricks up my sleeve when we when they go on them one of one of which is they don't really know what the quest is ahead of time i give them some hints mm -hmm. but uh they have to kind of self-reflect and decide if they're feeling comfortable and ready to you know go on the adventure path because once they select in they can't opt out so right everybody has to decide but that's been a neat model too so when you're talking about different mechanics and when to apply them it's really neat to see how, you know, just an introduction of a different rule, you know, really shifts the game a little bit. Absolutely. No, it is fun. I mean, that's what I love, too, about gamification is you can add twists and turns throughout and it, it definitely changes things up and adds a new level of excitement to to gameplay. I added a item uh, related to SideQuest. So I have, I have a couple. Maybe we could share some of our items that we have related to SideQuest. So sure. you had the one about turning it in kind of late. Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, most of my SideQuests are what I call solo quests. They they can't do them with somebody else. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, at least I don't know about high school, but sixth graders would love to work with a partner at pretty much all moments of their life. Right. So I made one a uh, new one this year called Unity, and it allows you to do a quest with a partner. Um, and they, if they have multiple Unities within the group, then they can actually add up to five people onto one quest. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that that's been fun, and it's it's a one-time use item, so it's kind of interesting, you know, when to apply that and how to apply that. Um, and then I have this other one where uh, I'm always into using dice. I think you know that yeah, about Yeah, I love dice too. <laughs> and so I have one where it's a one-time use item. They can turn in a side quest and then they roll. And if they roll high enough, um, I add XP, more XP to their quest. So it's like it's an opportunity for free XP, I guess. Um, but I tell them you have to at least, it's like a matching sort of grant. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to you'd have to earn it itself. Sure. So, you know, they can't turn in a blank sheet of paper and then roll for this thing and I'm not going to give them 700 XP. Right. Just because they rolled. But if they earn up to 700 rolled correctly, they could basically double. I like that with the dice because I have, 
have some similar things. I have uh, an item where you get bonus XP for a side quest, and I also have that they can partner with someone. But I love how you've taken it to a totally different, another level with the rolling the die, and I love the the multiple unity. The unity was I fun. I mean, they, they really liked that one. Very cool. Um, so on that one, do you have, um, so when you say that, do you mean that if multiple students have that card that they can add on to each other's? Like they can, so if let's say three people had a unity card, then that would mean it would be a team of three or how do you? So you're supposed to, so a unity basically can be you plus one other, and the other doesn't have to have unity. Okay. So that's sort of its power that you can, you know, just pull a quest together with somebody. But if, let's say, you and I both had unity, then we could actually add two other non-unities to our one. Got it. One cohort. So now we have four people. Um and then I will allow a fifth in there, but they would have to have a unity as well. Got so it. You... That's brilliant. I love it. That's yeah, it's cool. it's it's neat to see how the kids do it and then strategize using it, because um, they're again in my game, their house is trying to accumulate the most points. So getting more people to work on the quest together would mean your house could earn more points. Uh, but they have to do it on a quest that I also am going to. I also am going to see as being worthy of having five people work on it, right? Sure. So, you know, if they just do like a computer sheet drawing that I think one person did, but they say all five did it. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to give a very low amount, but give it to all five. But if they did like a podcast, for example, and had all five of them on there doing things, boom, they might each individually earn like a thousand points. That's awesome. So... So for their house, that'd be huge. Absolutely. That is very cool. And that's what's fun, too, about items is that as you play out your game, you start to think of ideas all the time as you see your kids respond to the game. You know, like, oh, they really want to do this. This is a perfect item that I could add in, you know. So they're a lot of fun. And I find that kids have really, really enjoyed enjoyed items so it's a perfect fit for side yeah we have that's another topic to come is a whole show on items but i mean you we can talk items forever and ever absolutely um but i mean another another item that i have for quests is so they can only do as i told you the quests within the unit and then once the unit's over, they can't do them anymore. And some of my kids, especially first quarter, you know, not all my kids are into the game yet, you know. And then all of a sudden, they, they eventually get in, but they need to be able to catch up to the players that have been playing since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I have one item that lets you, it's called the Historian. It lets you go back and do quests you didn't do oh. in previous units. Oh. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a fun one. So... And that one really could snap into anybody's game. Like you could let them do a quest from two weeks ago, you know, because, and you're controlling it because it's only however many students you give out. So if you feel like, oh, that would be too burdensome if, you know, 80 kids started giving me past quests. Sure. Then then only give it out to two, three students. Now it's two or three students that might be doing back work for you. That's not too bad. I love it. Those are great ideas. 
I've written them down. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I might have made it into the culinary arts class. Oh, I absolutely. Like it. Those, are, those are really good. Well, well I, it is that time. We got that music. It's reflection time. So uh, today we have a quote by Joyce Mayer. Uh, let's see what we come up with on this one, Tisha. Okay. You ready? Sure. <laughs> All right. The great quest of life has always been to discover truth. Now, how does that relate to to us, to the gamification, to to our students? Mm, that is a great quote. I love it. Well, so from, <laughs> I, I mean, wow. Music playing. <laughs> uh, so you you start, and I will follow. All right. So for me, the great quest of life has always been to discover truth. I think this has perfect meaning to what we're talking about today because we're talking about kids going on quests. And what I think you said it best when you said these kids kind of go out on their own and explore, you know, they're learning about themselves. They're learning, you know, truths about the world, about cooking, about world history for me. Uh, but, but most importantly, they're learning about their own inner truths, right? Like their own talents uh, and discovering those. And I don't know. I mean, it's my hope that that's what they leave my class with is a better understanding of who they are and who they can become. Good answer, Michael. I love it. Thanks. No, I, and I will just piggyback off of that is I feel like side quests just empower students. I mean, they truly, um, they're just empowered to explore, like you said, deeper into the content that you're teaching. And it's like they're unlocking, you know, this, this new, this new content, this new meaning to what, what we are learning about. And I have loved watching students creativity just soar. I mean, they're the level of, um, pride and and just the amount of again creativity that they put into these projects is awesome and I think it is something that they're never going to forget I mean they are pouring themselves into this and it's a reflection of, of them and they aren't going to forget the projects that they do for the side quests because they are empowered well said Tisha I mean I think this quote does really fit school and and definitely our classes yes well thanks for being my climbing partner today tisha scaling this mountain and a great climb all right uh it's truly a pleasure and i hope you continue to scale this gamification mountain with me and the rest of us here at well played you uh, thanks for listening everybody remember post to hashtag well played you and if you add that additional hashtag of WP Quest, uh, you'll get earned some bonus points if you add a quest idea or even better, a picture of a student's quest that they've done in your class if you're already gamifying with us. Thanks for listening. It's an honor having you listen, learn, and play with us. Enjoy your week and play on. Play on.